This is the Two B T Two B T podcast. Daddy, Dave, and Steve are awesome. Like I have to get, I have a EFM to EF adapter that I have to put on there. But the little electronic bits there will link into that. Will link into his lens, and so I can do like um, I can do autofocus and stuff. But with these old ones, they don't have any of those electronic parts. Really cool. Yeah, any of the cool gadgets. Yeah, so they'll still work. You just got to run it manually. Yeah, and so that's kind of what I've been doing is because manual lenses are like hundreds of dollars cheaper. So I have the thirty-five that I shot you with, which I really like, but it's yeah. got it's got a particular look to it. Then I got another 35 that um, I'm going to work on with when I shoot you because it has a totally different characteristics. It's so weird. Huh. Like, and that's what I'm finding out is that like the different coatings that they put on the lenses and stuff like that have different um, color spectrums. And yeah. Some of them are have like are a bit more contrasty. And does it have any of the like weird Russian like like uh, letters and stuff like that on it anywhere? Like the, it's well, like they've got like the whole like backwards R and thing like. Well, it's got like the the numbers are so. Here's the thing with this um, lens is that it's it's not like a straight fifty mil or a fifty five. Yeah, it's like a fifty two or fifty three. Oh, okay. And they because produce these Russian. They do with one better. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Well, they do whatever they want. You open it, it up and start calling you a bourgeois, like <laughs> Democrat and stuff 11. like that. Yeah, <laughs> our lenses go to eleven. Uh, but yeah, dude, it's so weird because these were produced from the 60s through the 80s, and they're all called the same thing. I don't remember the name specifically of the lens, but yeah. uh, they're all called the same thing. But depending on what year you got it, it was either a 50 mil, 52, 51, 53, yeah. or 55. Mm-hmm. And so it's just sort of a crapshoot when you order one. It is uh, Russian lens. It is best lens. That's the name. You do not call it anything else. Yeah. It and then and then I had to get some... Uh, horrible Russian... <laughs> Uh, I had to get some some gun oil to like loosen up the Hell the yeah. focus ring. Just get some AK forty seven oil to loosen up the focus <laughs> ring. Or something like, that. like, hey, how are you? I haven't seen you in forever. Yeah, no, dude, they're gonna go. They're gonna go crazy. You already had one of them. Luke was over there inspecting your bag just a second ago. I was waiting to see if he jumped inside of it or something like that. Pull up, baby Yoda. Yeah, <laughs> right, baby Yoda. Who is like taking the world by storm? Everybody wants I'm glad, a Baby Yoda. I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad that Baby Yoda has taken people by storm. Dude, Baby Yoda is like is like he can take over the planet basically. Right it's, now, yeah, yeah. Everybody loves Baby Yoda or <clears throat> Kevin. Kevin, yeah. yeah. I've heard people calling him Kevin. Kevin, yeah, yeah Kevin. because because no one knows what Yoda's race is, but his yeah. name is not Yoda. That's not Yoda. No, yeah. no, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not Yoda because it's after Return of the Jedi. Oh, dude, are you gonna make the leap? Dude, he was over there and he was doing that head bob thing, like he was about to try to jump over to you. I could, I can be down with Kevin. Yeah, when I like Kevin. It is Kevin? Yeah, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. No, they got to give him a they can't, I mean, the kid is cute. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is, like, nobody even knows the species because they've never said the species name or anything like that. So it's like it's just a, a yodling because it's the most off limits. The way I've heard it is that Yoda species. There's only been one on screen before. Two. Two. Uh, so there's Yoda and Yaddle. Yaddle. Well, I'm saying, oh, okay. other yeah. than Yoda, yeah. there's been one. And this has been like off limits. Like, you can have the toy box of Star Wars, but you just can't add to this. Yeah. Particular strain of 
Yeah, there's no known species to him. There's no known planet or origin to him or anything. It's like, well, I mean, nobody knew where uh, Obi-Wan's home planet was until, I think it's Celebration 6, Celebration 5 or 6, where they announced the uh, the Blu-rays coming out. And John Stewart was doing a uh, the, the, the main event with George Lucas, and they asked him, like, where's, where's Obi-Wan's home planet? And he... Declared it Planet Stu John. Huh. Yeah. After John Stewart. Yeah. That's kind of lame. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> That's kind of what I was thinking also. <laughs> but I was spur of the moment. And, I mean, like, everybody's like, it's canon! And I'm like, well, just because George said it in an interview doesn't mean that it's canon now. Like, it's written in the Star Wars lore forever or whatnot. But, Yeah. Well, this is the first time somebody else showed up the other day. It's really kind of creepy because this is the first time something Star Wars related has come out and Star Wars fans aren't fighting each other over it. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that has a lot to do with Dave Filoni, to be honest, because this is very, the, the show is very Filoni feeling. Yeah. It's, it's very Filoni and it's very Favreau and it's people that A, not only like worked with George and like kind of learned under George, but like have a respect, for having a respect for what's going on and they know Star Wars. So they know how to tell the story. They know how to hit the, the feelings of it instead of just, you know, trying to mimic what's already come before. Yeah. And I don't mind the mimicking and stuff like that, but you know, there's, there's a certain aspect, there's a certain feeling, there's a certain like, kind of like whatever that, that goes along with Star Wars that a lot of these guys are missing that's not there. And it's just, hmm. it, they're, they're killing it with the Mandalorian. Not only that, it's like a compelling character. Kevin is freaking adorable. Oh yeah, my my wife loves the sequence in the last one, oh. episode four, with the buttons. Yeah, spoiler alert. So yeah, have you seen have you seen the uh, the 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 little? I don't know if you. It wouldn't be a meme because it's got sound, and it's not a GIF or GIF because it's got sound. But it's just a little memo, a uh, video clip of the the two of them sitting in the Razor Crest, and you know it's got Kevin, and he pushes a button, <laughs> and whenever he pushes a button, it's it's uh. That song to the windows, <laughs> to the wall. I want to see that. <laughs> and, and, and the Mandalorian turns it off. And then Kevin hits another button. And he's like, you know, goes back up again, like to the windows, to the wall. And then he turns, uh, it's just great, dude. It's, it's awesome. No, it's, I, I did watch just, one. Somebody made Baby Yoda versus Palpatine. So they, <laughs> they, they replaced Yoda from, uh, episode three. Yeah. Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Replaced Yoda with Baby Yoda. Wow. That's going to be awesome. And it was actually pretty... I mean, there's some parts where you're like, yeah, I, they had to do a lot of manipulation to make that work. Oh, they, yeah. They did, they did some pretty interesting stuff. That's pretty awesome. I kind of want to see that one. Baby now. Yoda comes floating in on his little, like, <laughs> his floating little, cradle, and then the leg. two guards slam against the wall for no reason. <laughs> so, I got a question for you guys. This this is what, one thing that I've been, like, kind of wondering about with the Mandalorian being out. And all chainsaw. The, yeah, right. And all and all the controversy that's been, you know, we needed a tree. So, <laughs> so sorry, it's Christmas. Somebody needed a Christmas tree. I guess it just look like I'll cut one down in the front yard. I guess we should mention we're outdoors. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we're outdoors. Like the again. fourth time yeah. in a row. Fourth time in a row. And this time it's just because my collecting room is in 
I was trying shambles. to explain to Adam what has happened in Echo Base. Yeah. Room back there. It basically just, exploded is what you, happened. You had a moment of crazy. Dude, I've been so bad with like getting my media out. I've got an episode of Retro Reprise recorded. I just have to like edit it and get it out, but yeah. I haven't been able to. I've just been so busy with it. Dude, dude, like like well and the fact is is I I worked Anyways, let me finish what I was saying. <laughs> oh yeah. My, my. I'm trying to suck you. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, far away. I yeah. Can. Well, okay. I can I can ask, okay. I can ask a question here in a second. So, like to give a little backstory. Why we missed 3 weeks with, you know, the Mandalorian coming out? Cuz I worked for 3 weeks straight. I was the my last day that I had had off was November the 3rd, and I worked from November the 4th to the 27th with no days off. I logged in 195 hours. And uh, I was tired. So yeah. uh, on Sundays, I would get off work, and I'd basically just come home, and I would do nothing. And so Thanksgiving holiday hits, and I've actually got Thanksgiving Day off and went and ate and got fat and hung out. And then, you know, on Friday, I was like, I'm going to go get some plastic totes because I want to protect these figures that I have. And so I went and got these plastic totes and these figures that I don't have on display. I want to put them in that. And I got another plastic tote to get all my sequel trilogy stuff because I quit collecting the sequel trilogy stuff. So you got all the sequel trilogy stuff and put it in that. And it's just like, I was like, okay, now I need to dust. It was like, oh, son of a gun. But I just went, uh, it just exploded and I haven't finished, which it probably won't be finished till christmas time because i'll probably go back to work tomorrow and be working until i leave for christmas break oh man you just made me tired <sighs> yeah well it's only like two weeks though so because i'm using a couple of days of vacation in there take a couple of extra days off but anyways so that was the backstory of why we haven't released an episode i know michael's been busy Adam, you know, you're not a, a permanent resident of 2BT, but you basically are. And, you know, you've just been busy as hell also. Uh, yeah, mine's, my, well. We like swapping out with you and Steven just to give us a little <laughs> bit of different flavor. I. Just some different flavor. I do tech support different. and I do tech support in retail. Oh. So I support mm. point of sale systems. So that means pretty much November, December, I'm so busy that I can't see straight. So. Non-stop. Yeah. No, what you don't understand the price is wrong on this hairbrush, and I need it changed in the system now. Damn it! Yeah, pretty much. Basically, yeah. Anyways, so <laughs> with 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 all the controversy that's surrounded uh, the sequel trilogy and how awesome the Mandalorian is doing, in not only the eyes of the fans, but in the eyes of just regular people around that are watching it and falling in love with not just the character of the Mandalorian, but in the character of Kevin as well. Well, they they kind of dropped the ball. Kevin too. They, they dropped the ball on Kevin merch, man. There's yeah. only like three well, pieces of Kevin merch. The, the whole there. reason why they did that, and here's the reason why they did that. Well, the reason why they did that is because Hasbro and all like those guys leak like a sieve. So they give production it. they give production photos out to Hasbro and says, "Hey, here, this is going to be a popular figure. You're going to want to make this." And then Hasbro like goes to some place like San Diego Comic Con and they start showing their next things and all of a sudden, oops, somebody put that photo in there and it wasn't supposed to be in there. Would have completely like ruined the first episode. Would have totally completely ruined it. Well and they the, did a the good big surprise cons- moment with yeah, the considering, whole baby Yoda, Kevin. Yeah, considering how long the show's been in production, how expensive the show is, uh they were able to keep Baby Yoda a secret. Yeah. So good on them because oh, yeah. dude the, Marvel Star Wars, neither one of them can keep track of leaks. Oh, God, good. no. 
Yeah. Well, Finn can't even keep his script. <laughs> he leaves a script under his bed. Was it Finn? What? <laughs> was it, did they find out it was Finn? Or was it, cause yeah, somebody was like, Bo- Boyega? John Boyega? John Boyega admitted it. Like, yeah, he had a, he left a script underneath a bed. A bit too wild of a nod. And then, uh, the hotel staff who came in to clean found the script and put it on eBay. Oh my God. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, Disney was able to have them pull it, either pull it down or they bought it. I don't remember what happened. Uh, I don't know. One of, one of the two where they were like, we got to get that back. Yeah, Disney house. probably just bought it or Lucasfilm probably just bought it and then claimed it as or stolen property to begin with. And or then just send the Mandalorian to take care of it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> send them. So anyways, getting back, back to the to question. What you're back, back to the question. So with all the controversy, I'm going to start over from round one. With all the controversy surrounding all the sequel trilogy movies, especially mm-hmm. like Last Jedi and things like that. And with the popularity of The Mandalorian, do you think criticism will be even tougher on The Rise of Skywalker? Or do you think people will kind of like give it a pass seeing all the positive that's been coming out of The Mandalorian? I'll, I'll let you guys answer first because I know where I stand with stuff. Yeah. And I'm on... You guys know I'm more on the negative side of the line with things. So I just usually refer to you as Mr. Negative anyways. (laughs) The glass is always half empty. (laughs) The black glass. Like it's it's a dark place. I don't know. You don't know? I don't know because I I'm kinda like I expect everybody to act like complete children and babies and that's not what I wanted and how dare you make this thing that, you know, it's enjoyable and you should be able to say this is fine, but no, they're going to be like, you've ruined my Star Wars and I hate you forever. Man, I, I, you know, and I hate to say it, but I'm probably going to be one of those people. Like I'm, I'm going in on it. Like I'm optimistic, very optimistic for the rise of Skywalker, but at the same time, like it's going to have to like, like knock me out of my chair and leave me as a puddle of emotional goo at the end of the freaking movie. Because uh, if they were, if they were to not say like, this is wrapping up the Skywalker saga. Like if they would have never said that, I would have been fine. Yeah. But since they're saying that this is wrapping up the Skywalker saga, like I've been invested in this in 42 years, man. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's a big thing. And whenever you start saying that and there's a possibility of a pseudo Skywalker only being involved in it. You know, he's a pseudo Skywalker because his mom was a Skywalker yeah. or whatever. Technically yeah. he's a solo. So if you don't have anybody with the last name of Skywalker there at the end of the movie, to me, like you're not content, you're not clearing up the Skywalker storyline. That's my thought. Hmm. I don't know, man. Like I, I, I could be coming at it from a very narrow minded point just because i do have so much invested in to begin with so but, they you're saying they really dropped the ball with their planning and oh god yeah there was, there was no a trilogy there was no planning that was part of the well process. and that's yeah, yeah. I, I i especially because if there would have been like three more movies left i would have been like oh yeah no these are great man but now that they're like oh no we're done after this there's yeah. no more of the skywalker saga it's like well Look, man, like, you better be hobbiting this stuff. Man. Yeah, like, this needs to have eight different endings. Yeah, all of them make you feel good. Come here, what are you doing? He's just sniffing he's just, around. He's just hanging out. He's like that's well, been. That's, he gets he gets kitty massages yeah, when he, he hangs out. with He's me. like that's been on the inside. Well, that's what I've goes, been trying to get. That all goes back to the top people overseeing everything. Then, because and I've said from the beginning, how can you not work cohesively 
and have a blueprint for the three movies from the, cause JJ yeah. Abrams, for what I understand, had a blueprint of what he would have done. Oh yeah. And apparently when he came back to do this third movie, it's like he's trying to regroup. Well, like the Knights of Ren are going to actually show up in this movie. Yeah. After being made such a big deal of in the first in one. In the first one and not even mentioned in the second. Yeah. And, and the, the whole thing is like, I get it. Like these guys, they like to write and direct their own movies or whatever, but there should have been some sort of cohesiveness. Oversight or, yeah. uh, they gotta have lore masters. Yeah. Yeah. They've got the story yeah. group. They have a story group, but they're, they, they, they come down. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know what the, I don't know what the deal is. You know, they've got a story group that, that's, that's ran by some pretty competent people, but you know, whenever it comes to the story, it, I don't know, like, like they were, they were shooting. I mean, apparently they don't have books or comics yeah. to draw from. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like, Lord, I, it's I not like a gonna, Game of Thrones. Yeah. I thought I was going to bring that up and say that. <laughs> Did you bring that up the last time we no. talked about how George Lucas actually handed them? Oh, um, yeah. here's what I would do for the, for this next three movies. Yeah. And they would like, Completely disregarded him, and he that's one of the reasons he kind of got really angry. Yeah, he got up and he got pissed off and walked out of a meeting that was with him and Kathy Kennedy and J.J. Abrams. So your kitty Luke loves coffee, apparently. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I don't have anything invested in in Star Wars at all. I've just got a cat named Luke and another one named Leia, and a room full of a bunch of other crap. So like. Man, like, yeah, he, uh, uh, to, 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 to recap, because I don't know, I don't know if Adam ever heard it, but yeah. And in the Bob Iger book, they actually talk about that, that Kathy Kennedy and JJ Abrams had a meeting with George at the ranch right before principal shooting started. Yep. And went over the whole script and everything like that with him, pissed George off so much that he actually got up out of the meeting and left. Well, he had a treatment for him, and they decided to scrap it all together. Yeah, well, it's three treatments or whatever. Yeah, and I'm not saying those treatments would have been perfect, but I mean, no, I mean, dude, that, I mean, that's the thing. Like a lot of his stuff wasn't perfect. That's the reason why. That's why the prequels I think this, got got as much flack as they exactly because well, he surrounded himself with yes men. You know, that is true. And he had other influences. You know, God, I, if you could read the original script of The Empire Strikes Back and see what it actually turned out to be, it's completely, totally different. You know, the whole, like, I love you, I know, that's all, Han, uh, I almost call him Han Solo, Harrison Ford. Yeah. You know, it's it's just, anyways, uh, kind of delving off onto yeah, different yeah. regions and things like that. <sighs> yeah. So, okay, let's say... It is a flop. It is a bust and everybody's unhappy. Yeah. Is that when we say, okay, let's just hand it Star Wars over to Favreau and Filoni? I think, they, I think we're already there. Yeah, we're, we're just waiting. We're step. just waiting for, well, for so, Kennedy's tenure to die out. I, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I don't, and I, I wouldn't say that she's done a horrible job running the company. She hasn't done the greatest job running the company. I mean, you think about just about every director that's been hired to, to, to film a movie has basically been replaced except for Ryan Johnson and JJ Abrams. Oh, Gareth Edwards, you know, he, he did basically all of, of rogue one. And then they brought in, uh, I can't think of the guy's name and I I could have been able to tell you he's working on the Cassie Nandor series. Now. Um, I can't think (sighs) anyways, 
they brought in this dude to, to finish it up because they didn't like what Gareth Edwards turned in. And I still say the reason why they didn't like what Gareth Edwards turned in is because it was, it would have been a war movie, what they wanted. And, you know, uh, Josh Trank was hired to film, I think it was, uh, he was, I think he was hired to film the, the last installment. I think that was Josh yeah, Trank. I think, yeah, Trank was supposed to be doing this one. And of course, after what had happened with, uh, Fanforstic. Yeah, yeah, Fantastic Four. And then plus he had some issues, I guess, in like, uh, Hollywood. Like he got in trouble in, in LA or something like that. Oh, like I he, heard about something. Yeah, he had yeah. rented like this multi-million dollar house and just destroyed it and basically like, I kind of sound like he had like a, uh, uh, breakdown. His claws get hung pretty easy. Well, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to show my complete ignorance. Yeah. And I don't care because I, I never claim to know anything. Yeah. <laughs> but how, how, is it that when he turns in the movie, they see what he's doing and like, oh, this is not what we wanted. Yeah. How in the whole process is there no knowledge of what's going on, what he's working on? I don't have any idea because, like, I do know that he had to have a finish, like, take Ryan Johnson, for for instance. Ryan Johnson had to have a finished script handed in to Lucasfilm before the final edits were even done on Force Awakens. Yeah. So... Well, there's a there's a trend that I've noticed with the the more recent movies, and I think there's a reason why we talk about Gareth Edwards, and we're we're talking about the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, the original set of Star Wars movies, it was a fantasy movie set in a futuristic time frame. Yeah. Um, the reason why I think the Mandalorian works is because it's a Western set in the Star Wars yes. world. Yeah. Uh, well, and and it, I think Rogue One would have been a war movie. I mean, it still kind of is. Yeah. But it, it would have been, you know, a Saving Private Ryan in the Star Wars universe kind of thing. So Star Wars has always been more of a facade for yeah. different types of stories. Oh, God, whereas, yeah. Whereas you take The Force Awakens and it was – I wasn't as mad about it, but I see where people were, where they're like, well, it's a it's sort of a rehash of A New Hope and they they – they spent more time trying to do fan service and get you hyped up for the next movie. And yeah. then honestly, like Ryan Johnson, I don't, he just handed the ball to the other team and said, go score a goal. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like he, he he's like, well, I'm going to subvert expectations. I'm playing on this team. I'm just going to hand the other team the ball and walk off the, off the field. Yeah. That's what Ryan Johnson did. Um, <laughs> and so when it comes to Star Wars, you you have to have – a different storytelling perspective before you go in and start doing a Star Wars movie uh, or any anything Star Wars. If you're telling a different type of story but putting it in the Star Wars universe, it's going to work because there's you, you there's certain things you don't want to play with. You have to have tropes. Yeah. You have to have these tropes. They have to hit in a certain way. The the reason why the Last Jedi didn't work is the same reason why like uh, the the Batman v Superman and Justice League and and the Man of Steel stuff didn't work. You had a director who wanted to tell a dark tale with these characters. Yeah. Um, and uh, what's this, Zack Snyder had done like Watchmen beforehand. Watchmen, you can do that. Yeah. But you don't do that with Superman. You don't do that with like the. You might get away with some of that stuff with Batman, but you don't do that with Superman. Same thing with Ryan Johnson and what he did with. With Star Wars, yeah. you don't you don't jack with the character of Luke Skywalker, or you especially don't sit there and say, "Oh, after all these years, 
the same lesson of jumping ahead of everything that you lost your hand over, that you, like, your friend got captured. Yeah. Put all these people in danger and ended up in a, like, suck space. You didn't learn that after all those years. You even lost your hand doing it, dude. Like, so that's why somebody like me, I'm particularly irritated with, yeah. with The Last Jedi. Uh, I'd say, like, I can see Luke's decision to go hide out. Because uh, that, that, to me, that kind of fits his character. He overreacts to things. But as soon as well, he found out that his friends were in trouble, that should have been the moment where he's like, I've got to get back into the fight. So here, here's the way I looked at it. So if you had that same scenario, he could still be hiding out on, was it Oct 2? Yeah. So he's still hiding out on Oct 2, but he's doing it for a different reason now. Because when he was younger, he acted too soon, and all of that stuff happened and caused problems. So now we're in the opposite boat. Yeah. Where he's waiting and he's staying out of it on purpose because he acted too soon before. Maybe he's waiting too long now to take action. Or maybe he's holding off from it because trying to show patience ben, ben like, a, Solo, like a Jedi would. Yeah. Ben Solo's involved with this and so he thinks probably the best thing to do is to step away and not be involved. Now that would make perfect sense. To me, from a, from a character perspective. Yeah. And that's, and that's why a lot of people are like, <coughs> and that's why even Mark Hamill refers to him as Jake Skywalker because he just doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't fit the character of Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, like whenever, whenever Hamill started going to Ryan Johnson about the decisions that, that Luke makes in that movie, Ryan Johnson should have listened yeah. to me. I mean, he's the guy that's been in charge of the character for 40 years. You know, he should have. Gone like oh well crap the guy who's knows this character better than anybody yeah he's besides, probably spent more besides, time besides George yeah who spent more time in the head of that character in order to portray them yeah yeah but I don't know man like I still I, I really want to talk Mandalorian I I I I still say I enjoyed Last Skywalker or Last Skywalker Last Jedi <laughs> I enjoyed it I don't hate it but it's not one of my go tos you know for sure. Uh, the the Mandalorian. This is how powerful it is and how big it is. I've been hearing from you and Steven about how y'all are just running into random people you don't even know they're bringing up Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Yeah. My sister in law. I won't so so go so far as say she hates Star Wars, but she's completely disinterested. You bring it up, her eyes glaze over. Has no interest in Star Wars, <laughs> and her daughter's kind of like that. She's a little bit more interested because she's like. 14, 15, she, she knows other people are into it, so maybe she yeah. could get to watch it. She would watch it. But my sister-in-law doesn't care. But she's seen all the hype about The Mandalorian, so she's over at my house this this weekend. Yeah. The weekend of that we were recording, and she wanted to see what the hype is about. We watched the first four episodes from one to four straight through, and she was hooked. Yeah. And her yeah. daughter was hooked. And it, that's that magic of what you're talking about. That magic of what they're doing in the storytelling and the characters and the little baby Yoda. Kevin. Oh, yeah. Dude, who's it's that, most- it's that Star Wars magic that, that Star Wars that, you know, grabbed everybody when they were, you know, back in the seventies. Oh yeah. The, the most adorable character in the world right now. Yeah. Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> well, I still love that name. No. What's funny, just to touch on that, because like we were sitting there watching it on Thanksgiving. My dad had seen the first episode with my brother. You know, know, we're all together on Thanksgiving night, and and Stephen was talking about how episode three, or sorry, call it chapter three, the sin 
which was a pretty, I'm really digging the chapters and the names. It's not an episode. It's chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. And each one of the actual chapter names has something very specific to what's going on in the episode so far. Four so was sanctuary. Four was sanctuary with the, with the town that they go take sanctuary in that they're supposed to be hiding out from or whatever yeah. or hiding out in or what. I was just jazzed but, to have an Ugnot talking. Yeah. I was well, like, <laughs> I'm still like looking at it. And I'm like, that doesn't look like an Ugnot though. I remember what Ugnots look like and, and, and Bespin and they actually had prominent pig noses, man. And he did not have a prominent pig nose. So well, I don't know. Cause they made him look like uh what the actor, who they actually voice. made him look like Nick Nolte. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Like his, his whole bottom jaw, like mouth and stuff like that. And his eyes look like Nick Nolte, but with just some like prosthetics on it. So it almost kind of makes me wonder if it was like Nick Nolte with prosthetics on his face. And then they just like took the head and placed it on top of somebody else's body or what. Well, they're definitely winning with the one liners. I have spoken. I have spoken. And this is the way. This, this is, is the way. This is the way. Yeah. Oh, dude, I, I use this the way all the time. Like somebody like. After that episode came out, that's all I say at work. Somebody asked me how to do something. They're like, well, why? And I was like, because this is the way. And they just look at me like they don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> See me? Like, but what, just to kind of touch base on what you were saying yeah. a second ago with people like watching it that had never cared about Star Wars to begin with. My mom has always liked Star Wars. But like we were sitting there watching it on Thanksgiving. And my mom hadn't seen the show yet. We're five minutes into it. You see the Mandalorian walk in. And she goes, he walks just like John Wayne. Yep. Yep. And like, she is a huge fan of Westerns, you know, but she was able to pick that up like right on the nose. Well, and and I, like, well yeah, yeah. It's, that's the whole point. He's the man without a name. So I keep saying like, apparently Pedro Pascal at the name drop in an in interview. I haven't read the interview. I don't want to find the interview because I don't want to know what the name is. I think it would be great if we could go this entire series without ever getting a name for him. Yeah. Because he's a man without a face. Yeah. So he should also be a man without a name. Well, the, the whole thing we were talking about earlier, Clint Eastwood movies, the man with no name. The, yeah. the guy that just kind of goes around and. Well, and they've done great with the mask. Oh, yeah. God. Um, it kind of upsets me just a wee bit. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but just a wee bit, like, kind of upsets me because, like, I built, started building that Mandalorian that I have like a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago, and his helmet almost looks exactly like mine. I was like, "You sons of bitches!" Mm. But anyways, <laughs> you you may continue. Well, so. uh, I mean, there's there's people I watch on YouTube who um, who review movies and stuff like that, and there's one that I watch just because she has the direct opposite opinion of things than I do, and I just watch it because I I want a different perspective. Yeah. But I have, I'm pretty firm on my opinions, but she was like, he should be taken off you his mask. Are you firm on your opinions? I don't know. Sorry, I didn't mean to. <laughs> I to. Anyways, you said what now? Look, she I'm said- right. Everybody else, everybody else can shove it. No, she was, co- she was complaining that he hasn't taken off his mask yet. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the point of the character. He shouldn't be taking off his mask. He probably, you probably won't see him without a mask on until the final episode. It really yeah. bothered me last episode, the last fourth episode when they almost, I thought they were going to. Yes. I'm like, whoa. Start no, to no, see no, a no. lift up a little bit. Don't do this yet. Yeah. That's, that would be a huge. Yeah, you're right. It'll probably be the last episode and it's either him in private. Yeah. You know, about to eat something or it's him giving up. The, the Mandalorian yeah. ways. Which I thought was really interesting because the whole thing of like, 
you know, going back to this is the way and you bring it up the, the Mandalorian ways where they're like kind of like almost like rewriting an entire, uh, lore of Mandalorian there because, you know, they, they had what was established in the Clone Wars and then there was also what was established in, in the expanded universe by Karen Travis. Now I always say like the expanded universe stuff, you can just take that with the shovel or a pitchfork and just toss it out the window if you want to because that's what they did. Yeah. I have no love lost over it. I still enjoy the stories. I'll still get the books and I'll still listen to them and stuff like that. But you can't hold that up. What's really cool though is Filoni and Favreau and these guys, they're actually mining that stuff, which is kind of funny because, you know, you brought up just a minute ago, Kathleen Kennedy actually made the comment of like, well, it's not like there's lots of com- the- books or it comic was, books. She was, she was taking a jab at Benioff and Wise because the Game of Thrones took off so well. And if you, I mean, at least from the first book, because I've gotten through the first book, yeah, the first season's pretty close to the first book, even down to the dialogue. Oh yeah. Um, oh, Mike's read those. You've read those also, haven't? You? Yeah, yeah. And, but so pretty quick though, they branched off. But oh, when the, yeah. when I think, yeah, I'm in, I'm in book two now, and so that's I'm expecting to get some divergence in, in some of the stuff that's going on. Um, but. Yeah, she sat there and said, well, we don't have comic books or books to draw from. And it's like, everybody's like, dude, you guys just did like a, <laughs> uh, you salted the earth with all that stuff, man. Yeah. It was like, yeah. it was like a slash and burn. Dude, back in the early 2000s, like there was a point in time back, I would say early 2000, I wouldn't even say early 2000s, you know, and from, from the point in time that I really started getting into audiobooks, which was about 2008, 2009. Till Disney bought the company in 2012, there was at least usually like at least a Star Wars book coming out a month. That's it was insane on how fast. And I'm talking and that's books what like novels. me from because I always wanted to start reading the Star Wars books, but it's so daunting of a list of. Oh, dude, it is. Well, and it, like, and occasionally you'd have one that the either like the Thrawn trilogy or Shadows of the Empire, where it would be big enough that it would get people's attention, and that's what kept people in the Star Wars when there was mm-hmm. no Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, when you. When you look at people who are really irritated with with Disney, you know that was the first. That was the that first, was the first that... move against people, and I was I, I kind of just didn't even think about it because I'm more of a like, if it's in the movies, that's where I where I consider the canon to be at. I know there's all this extra material that's there for me if I want it, but I I don't have time to go and, yeah. and dig through yeah. all of that. So what what's in the movies need to be cohesive between the movies, and if it's if it's not between then. <laughs> just hear something i'm trying i don't we know keep getting oh, distracted by cats okay. i think okay there's leia i've been worried about her because i hadn't seen her running around for a while and then all of a sudden hear the rustling over there <laughs> and then luke comes running and she pokes her head out of the bushes i guess she's been laying in wait on the ambush yeah. For, him yeah, for a while yeah, so. she's been stalking <laughs> yeah him. so anyways uh kind of getting back to 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 what we were talking about with the mandalorian what I really, I, I, like, they have the, what I'm calling basically kind of like their high priestess, which is their, like, uh, um, blacksmith. Yeah, their blacksmith, who, her helmet's even different. Her helmet to me, uh, and you guys can tell me what you think, but her helmet to me feels kind of like, uh, Greek. Almost. Yeah. It reminds me almost of, uh, like something you'd see out of Clash of the Titans or whatever. Just the way the eye holes are done. And granted, there's been other Mandalorians that have had that same 
eye hole type thing. I think they call it like an owl type design or something like that. But just like the little horns, almost kind of like Zabrak horns, almost like on the top of it, kind of like really, it really gives it a Greek feel to me. Plus the color of it being like the brass color and stuff. And she's, like I said, she's like the high priestess because she'll say, this is the way. And everybody's like, oh, well, yeah, th- this is the way. This is how we do this stuff because we're Mandalorians or whatever. And she gets to decide how much he gets to keep of the Beskar. And like, I've been <laughs> like, I feel like I'm kind of like everybody's like Sherpa through the Mandalorian. People come up to me and they're like, what's Beskar? It's like, well, Beskar is the, the iron <laughs> ore that comes from Mandalore. Yeah. And. The Imperials. What's Mandalore? Is, yeah, this is this is what they're taking from. This is what they're taking from the EU, which the Beskar, which the Mandalorians armor, they called it the Beskar Gam. Well, they 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 take the which Beskar, is quite tasty, by the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, the Beskar Gam. The Beskar actually comes from Mandalore, and it's supposed to be like this really high efficient, like high potent, like steel that's supposed to be even impervious to lightsaber. Uh, blows and stuff like that. That's why Mandalorians were so good at at hunting Jedi back in like the old Republic and stuff like that because they wore this Beskar plate armor. And so the Imperials, you hear them talk about the Purge in the show. I think they've mentioned it like maybe two or three times. But they hear them talk, especially they talk about it where him and the heavy gunner guy gets into a fight and the heavy gunner guy says something about the purge and talks about him sharing a table with the, with Imperials and that's where they get into the knife fight or whatnot. But the Imperials actually came to Mandalore and basically just killed the planet, stripped it completely of its Beskar. So that's the reason why Beskar is, is almost like a precious metal. Like they're treating it like gold or palladium or platinum or whatever it seems like. So. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it, that I thought was really cool because I always liked that aspect of it. And, and, and the Mandalorians and the EU did form like tribes. And I don't, can't remember what they call it, but their little coven, their little den that they were in very seemed like a tribe where she's like the high priestess or the shaman. He called it, he, he said, uh, you're going to move <coughs> covert. Yeah. Because there are people in hiding now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And apparently, I guess, like, only one was allowed to come in and out at a time or something. I guess it was him. Cause he so, was. Yeah, exactly. But, dude, I knew it. Like, I'm sitting there watching the freaking show, and I was like, oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Where's it going? Where's it coming in at? And all of a sudden, the explosion happens, and all the other jetpacks you see lift up. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I was seriously like, oh, that's so effing cool. Oh, that's like every... Thing about I love that third episode, man. There's a lot of places they can go with this story, oh, though. Dude. And okay, so he's in, he's rebuilding his armor, he's getting his armor built. I guess it's pretty much almost done. What's the? And he's had two opportunities. She's brought up twice like the insignia or the, something. The, yeah. the signet, the signet, the signet. Yeah. And she had what? That's what I thought was cool. Okay, sorry, I don't mean to like just no, no, cut no. off. Like that's what I thought was really cool because she says something about. Has your signet shown itself? And I think he brings up that he killed a mudhorn. That yeah. was the big. Well, piece. he did the first episode. He says, "Have you?" He says, "Or have you re- revealed your signet?" And he's like, "No." Yeah, has your signet revealed and then itself? She asked again. He says, "I killed this." He says, "Oh, I will make you a mud." Yeah, and he says, "No, I can't accept that because I had help from an enemy." It wasn't with a noble the kill. kill. Yeah. But he specifically says, because I've watched it like three times now, and I actually had to rewind it. And he says, I had help from an enemy with the kill. Yeah. So he actually looks at Kevin 
Mm-hmm. As the enemy. As an enemy. Yeah. Or he did. Or did, yeah. Now they're like homeboys and stuff like that. Well, he didn't know it was, it didn't know it was my enemy. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, he was a mark. That's yeah, all he yeah. was. Uh, yeah. He was yeah. a job. But I also kind of like wonder if it goes back to the whole, like, since Kevin used the force to stop the rhino, I'm sorry, the mudhorn, I was calling it a, uh, 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 not a reek. What was that? Uh, can't think of the blasted thing that, that that's in uh, from uh, episode two. Yeah, Attack yeah. of the Clones. I can't think of the stupid thing's name. I thought it was a reek. No, the reek was a big crab looking thing, and then the Nexu was the tiger looking thing with a rat tail, and then there was the maybe it was a reek. What's the other was? I don't know. I'm getting it all wrong. It's <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I think it is a reek. I think you're right. I think it is a reek. And then the Nexus, I do remember the Nexus thing with the really wide, because one of the freaking solo kids had one as a pet in the EU, and I always thought it was stupid. Anyways, uh, but yeah, I, I was intrigued by the whole fact that he claimed Kevin as an enemy, and I'm just curious if it goes back to that whole thing of it being, uh, the whole Mandalorians slash Jedi like feud almost type. I don't aspect. know because he seems puzzled by the use of the force. Yeah. Because he really was too young for the earlier battles between any kind of Jedi and, and Mandalorians. Um, yeah, but I mean, it did but show- they're so big. They're so big on history. Yeah. Uh, or the history of their people or how they came about that it would seem. Hmm. So that's that is part of the. Yeah. That's a murky part that we'll see where that goes. Yeah, exactly. I'm. I don't know, dude. I'm just digging the show, and it's like I sit there and I go, "Oh man, I just can't wait for next Friday." And it's not so that way I can be off of work because I haven't even since the Mandalorian started, I haven't really had a day off of work. So it was like looking forward to Friday to just get the next episode or whatever. Well, I got a guy at work. He asks me like Friday morning because have you seen it yet? And I'm like, no, dude. I want to go home. I want to make dinner. I want to sit on the couch, and I just want to take in oh, yeah. the episode. I don't want to. Yeah. I'm not going to try to rush through it in the morning when I'm getting ready for work yeah, or no. when I'm when I'm dealing with like my my job and trying to watch it on you know a box that's like three inches yeah. tall. I don't people, want to do that. People talk, tell me they're like, "Oh yeah, man, I watched. Well, you know, I was supposed to be working. I was watching it on my phone. It's like, yeah, dude, I'm not going to do that. I give it the full cinematic treatment. Yeah, man. I get yeah. it in my living room." Like comfy, I turn off the lights, I turn on the surround sound, like get yeah. like in the space and yeah. just like enjoy. Well, and the it. sound design is so good, dude. Okay, that you need to make use of of your if you got a surround yeah. sound or a sound bar or whatever you're using to listen to on your TV, make use of it. So, what do y'all thought about the the theme and stuff like that so far? I dig I mean, the theme. What are you, Mike? Love it. Yeah, they they got away from trying to do a derivative of the star wars soundtrack yeah. because again as another guy who's just there's something about the the disney trilogy that i'm not a big fan of <coughs> one of them has been the sound design it's sorely apparent that ben bird is not there yeah and, well ben bird hadn't been there for a while yeah matt, but, matt wood's been in charge of that since the prequels uh, but Ben Burt was involved with the prequels. Yeah, so. he was involved, but but Matt Wood was like, uh, what's always bugged me about uh, 
episode three was there, that beginning sequence with the starfighter battle and stuff like that. Like, it's just very quiet. It's very quiet for some, for whatever reason. I get it. They're battling out of space. Sound doesn't travel in space, but I don't ever think about that when I'm watching a movie. Like, the only thing I ever watched, you know, thought about that with was with Battlestar Galactica, and even still, they had that really weird kind of muffled sound to like yeah. the guns, which I thought was really cool. But anyways, uh, like, well, there's like still episode a- three, like the very beginning sequence was just really quiet where it should have been more robust. Yeah. Well, there's something about the way Ben Burt separates his sounds, and I don't know if he's jacking with the frequencies to make them give them their own space. I don't know what they're doing, but yeah. it's it's definitely not there. I, like it's in the prequels, you can hear it. Yeah, there's because I, I watched episode one last night just for the just for giggles. And I was like, it still sounds really really good, but. There's something about the Disney trilogy that's just not working for me sound wise. There's, I, and they're making use of the same samples and sounds that were collected over time. Yeah, but it just doesn't hit hit you in the face or the chest like it does with even the from from the original trilogy to the prequel trilogy. There's still that it's you're still getting hit in the face with sound effects. Yeah, it just doesn't feel like that with these new ones. And the Mandalorian doesn't have that same feeling but it shouldn't yeah it shouldn't have the same feeling as the movies uh but the sound design has been really good and the music has been really good and i appreciate the fact that they haven't tried to break something off of the star wars movies to make it yeah i'm digging digging the digging the especially the 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 theme song the theme (coughs) song to me really has that whole like western feel and in fact i sent a video to michael and steve yesterday and uh it was a dude I don't know if it's all the same guy playing it, but the the guy actually played the Mandalorian theme and he's playing it with like an acoustic guitar and stuff and it just I was like, dude, this is freaking sick. This is freaking yeah. awesome. Well like, they yeah. totally seem like something that you would hear. There's a Western thing to it and then there's <laughs> also a very like uh tribal thing to it yeah. as well. Well the dun, 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 yeah. dun, really feels like that whole like that kind of gives it that tribal feeling, especially like whenever you throw that, throw it in there with an acoustic guitar, it really resonates with uh, a Western feel to it. And yeah. So I was, I was really digging it. I really, I was like, don't get me wrong, man. I love John Williams and I love what they've done. And I loved what Michael Giacchino, Giacchino, however you say his last name, did with, with Rogue One and things. Love the big orchestral score, but it was nice to see something, something a little bit more stripped, just a little bit like, and this is actually like taking it and going like, okay, so this, the cinematic is, is for the big fancy orchestral stuff. But now we've got this TV, this live action series stuff, and we're going to take you on to a different little journey and use a little bit of a different set of instruments to record our score. And that's what it feels like to me. And yeah. even still, like some of the music does have horns and things like that in it, but it's still like, I just love the. Dude, I'm just digging it. There's, there's been a lot enough. of good choices made with the television show, and this was something that Disney needed badly. Yeah. How much do you love the art at the end? That's one of my favorite things about it, man. Like, the, you're talking about the credits where it shows, like, the actual, like, looks like the concept art for the mm-hmm. episodes and stuff. That's one of my favorite things about it. Because I think it is, because I heard in an interview, Favreau said he's approaching this as if he was doing an animated. I yeah. guess that might be an influence from Filoni, but he's when he looked at, looking at it from a storytelling, he actually, I guess, is having it 
Well, I know they always storyboard. Yeah. But he's uh, he's approaching it like he's doing an animated series. Yeah, dude, it's it, I I could totally see that and and with the art that shows up there at the end. Like I said, I'm really digging it. I would love to buy some of those as prints because some of those some of the images that they show are freaking beautiful. Yeah. But not only that, it really and it's just could be me reading into it and I'd like to hear another Star Wars fan say something, but like it, to me, uh, some of them seem very Macquarie inspired. Now that he's taken ideas from Macquarie, but just the way that the artwork is the done, presentation. The, the, the look of it, the feel of it does look like it could have been done by Macquarie. Or yeah. What. And that's what kind of, that's what's kind of cool. It's got the Macquarie as far as like the color to me, it's more the coloring, not so much the shapes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Macquarie had a very specific shape set. Oh that yeah. He, he His designed. was very sleek and line and, and angular to uh, where I know that doesn't make sense, but like he had, he loved his points, and he had good sweeping lines. You could tell that he got his start in aircraft, aircraft engineer. In, yeah, you know, he did. He does stuff. concentrate on focal points. He draws your eyes to specific s- spots. Mm. Yeah. Um, and this has your it. It's it's almost like it pays tribute to without being a direct copy of. Oh yeah. Which is what. Honestly, this is what where Disney needs to go with any of their Star Wars stuff. We don't want to copy it. We need to have no, some originality, don't. but we also need to pay tribute to what's out there already. Exactly. And so this, so the Mandalorian, as far as like the coloring, because they do use a lot of the, uh, I, I don't know, if, I don't know what paints or what, but it almost has sort of that watercolor mm-hmm. type feel yeah, to it. Yeah. And that's where Macquarie had a lot of like watercolor type stuff. I don't know specifically what paints he was using, oh, yeah. but it wasn't like a solid, here's a solid blue yeah it was it was there was some some fading and yeah i'm I'm, is that she's in the middle of that crepe myrtle or she was (laughs) okay she's out she's out i can see her now she sounded like she was having trouble by her meow that was over there so i wasn't sure if there was something that was going on i got distracted i heard the i think i think your adam hit it right on with the what he just said though yeah yeah it's it's I, I just, I, you know, like I said, something about it, like, made me think of Macquarie a little bit, but still, like, that's even, that just adds to the enjoyment of the episode for me, because I get to look at that after the, the episode's over with. I'm disappointed that the episode's over, but yet I get to see that stuff, and that stuff, it's just cool. I yeah. I love it. I'm, I'm enjoying the show like I've enjoyed Star Wars in the past, and that's what I really like about it. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm gonna make a prediction. Because I don't think I don't think uh, the rise of Skywalker is going to do well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pessimist, but um, I think what we're going to see is a lot of transfer from Star Wars from the big screen over to more of like what we're going to see with the Mandalorian. I think it'll work. That that's fine with me though, because I can kind of want to spread out and then uh, spread out over time. Yeah. Um. Maybe they can also put more time in on. Yeah, process. and this is this is something that bothers me is you bring up the th- whole thing of, of spend more time in the process because this is actually from Iger's book and he's talking about Star Wars. This is actually the chapter 11 that's labeled Star Wars. So I'm going to play this clip. And it's coming that's from appropriate my phone. for Star Wars right now. Chapter yeah, 11. It, this is coming from <laughs> this, is co- this is coming from yeah, this is coming from my phone. So it's not going to be the best audio sound, but I hope hopefully y'all can hear this. But oh, let's turn up the volume. Well, just letting a TV, you're allowed to breathe 
when yeah. you're telling the story instead of having a, okay, we've got three hours. We slam everything we can. And there's so many with a, with a series, like when they did Game of Thrones, you can spread your wings and like let things play out over mm-hmm. time yeah. instead oh, yeah. of just right in your face. All of this has to happen right now. Yeah. So here's this clip real fast. Hold on. Why is this not playing? It hates you. I, I guess it does, man. Well, the one of the women that I watch on on YouTube, she was talking about how episode two is so short. Turned out not to be true. Hundreds of millions of dollars moved out of one fiscal year and into the next. This was not a huge deal, but it had to be dealt with. One of the biggest mistakes that I've seen film studios make is getting locked into a release date and then letting that influence creative decisions, often rushing movies into production before they're ready. I've tried hard not to give in to calendar pressures. It's better to give up a release date and keep working to make a better movie. And we've always tried to put quality before everything else, even if it means taking a short-term hit to our bottom line. So that was him talking about right before the Force, right before the Force Awakens came out, because uh, they they had uh, uh, pushed the release date of the Force Awakens back to December because it was supposed to release in May of 2015. It's supposed to have been a summer release, and they pushed it back to December. Well, there he is sitting there actually saying that he'd rather it be a quality story, a quality movie, and all like this type of good stuff, than and not worry about the bottom line. And not worry about the money coming in, but yet he even s- starts it off saying like, well, there was all this money that was supposed to come out and come, be coming to us in this quarter. And then we had to push it back and they still haven't seen any return on investment from buying Skywalk. Uh, from, yeah. Uh, Lucasfilm. Luke, yeah. Buying, buying Lucasfilm. And then you sit there and say that you're a big proponent of letting the, letting the story grow, letting the story build and actually doing a, putting out a positive, a good product. Whereas they have record of him saying like, no, these are the release dates and we will hit these release dates. That's the reason why they had to have the scripts for the last Jedi even turned in before the force awakens was ever even finished editing. Yeah. And then, but yet you're going to sit there and say in your book that you're like, Oh no, I don't worry about that stuff. I want the story to grow and things like that. So it's, it's, it's a little bit of his fault, a little bit of Kennedy's fault, a whole lot of everybody's fault for not coming together and talking and stuff like that and saying like, Hey, this is an idea that we're going with the story here instead of having an actual, actual outline. So anyways, that's something I was, it just boggles my mind again. (laughs) Well, and I don't know. I'm assuming you're staying away from rumors. Oh, dude, I'm staying away from all rumors. Okay, I'm not. I'm not going to share any rumors, but there's been, from what I understand, there's been a lot of production troubles with the next movie. Yeah. Well, and that's that's man. Like I kind of look at that stuff as 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 norm as normal because man, there's so many movies constantly go in for reshoots and have so many issues and things like that. Never do hear about it. Uh, but you do on the big name ones. You always constantly hear about it with Star Wars because everybody tends to jump the shark and freak the hell out. Like as soon as it's like, how oh, are they going in for reshoots? Well, yeah, that's a normal thing of movie making. Well, they just finished reshoots last week. Yeah. Last weekend. Yeah. This movie comes out this month. Yeah. Less than 20 days. So that's not normal. No, I will say that much. That's um, definitely not normal, but. Uh, I've heard that they've been still constantly like in the editing bay and all they're, like this. They're trying to stuff. figure out how to end this thing because they know at what's at stake. Yeah. 
Well, good. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> they they need to know what's uh, well. I I know there's some people who like Brian Johnson's version of what happened. Yeah, but he did a lot more damage than what people are willing to give him credit. Yeah, for. like I said, like if if this wouldn't if if they would have never came out and said like this is the final installment, I'd be totally fine. But now that you've put the pressure on with that, this is the last Skywalker saga movie. So now you've got this pressure of wrapping up. You know, 43 years of filmmaking. Well, and I have a feeling they never wanted to really hit or touch on the Skywalker saga. I have a feeling like they wanted to go and do. Well, yeah, I mean, that was, to me, that was apparent with, but the, they, with the they way started on and, and like killed off everybody. And even with their Star Wars land, yeah, they have the Millennium Falcon in there, but it's the Millennium Falcon with the square dish. And it's, yeah. it's, there's, not much uh callback to the original trilogy or anything like that in there. You have the feeling of an X-Wing, but it's a new style X-Wing. You have an A-Wing, but it's a new style A-Wing. Like, and I get it because it's their property now, so they want to push their storyline. Yeah. That's the reason why, like, like, I'll show you after this, like, whenever I cleared out my, my sequel trilogy stuff, man, the sequel trilogy stuff, like, it's an entire tote full, man. Like, it's insane. Yeah. And what's left over from the prequel trilogy and original trilogy might fill up half of that, you know, and that's just in the black series alone. And I get it because, you know, Hasbro wants to push the stuff in the new film, but at the same time, like that's also Disney and, 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 and Lucasfilm, like, you know, pushing their pushing hand their, Yeah. The whole reason why Luke didn't get an appearance in the first movie was because Whenever they were writing the movie, they couldn't figure out how to put him in the movie without stealing the movie from Ray. Yeah. So he doesn't make an appearance until the very end. Still one of my favorite sequences of any movie in the ever. Like, I love that shot. I love her, like, just handing out the lightsaber. There's not a word said. Luke just rolls back his hood and it's like, Oh my God, I'm getting to see what I've wanted to see since I was a kid. I'm getting chill bumps talking about, but you can't see because I got long sleeves on. Like him rolling back his hood and like, there's Jedi Luke. It's what I've been wanting, mm -hmm. what I've loved. And then you take it and you piss all over <laughs> and then, it. And, and then you just throw it over your shoulder like a comedy yeah. gag. Yeah. Like, like an MTV uh, movie awards yeah. ceremony or something like that. I don't know, man. Ow, dude. That's my leg. Holy crap. Yeah, he did that to me well, earlier. We're definitely, we're getting eight episodes. Yeah. We've had four. I was just looking here. I haven't been paying attention. Favreau wrote the first one. Yeah. Filoni directed it. Yeah. Filoni directed the first one. Rick Famayiwa? Is that how you say his name? Uh, I'm not really sure, man. I apologize if I'm saying it wrong. Yeah. Rick. <laughs> Rick. Rick. Uh, Deborah Chow second, yeah. Deborah Chow third. third, and Bryce Dallas Howard, yeah. Did this last one? Did this yeah, last, last one? And Favreau's written all of those. Then we're gonna get a change. Filoni wrote episode five, okay, and directed it. So that's the next one we got to look forward to. Yeah. Then Rick again directs episode six, and it's Christopher Yost did the story for it. Who yeah. I'm not sure who he is. Okay, yeah, I don't know. And then the teleplay was actually done as a between Rick, Rick, <laughs> Rick. and Christopher. And then Deborah Chow's back for John Favreau's script. And then Taika Watiti, Taika Watiti, yeah, Big uh, Eleven, IG 11. yeah, IG, IG Eleven, IG 11 yeah. and then John Favreau finishes it out. Yeah, dude, I, I, 
he's popped up so hardcore because I've been watching uh, what we do, I, what we do in the shadows. Yeah, and then I watched. Uh, Did you watch Flat of the Concords also? Then no, because he was Flat of the Concords as well. Uh, well, what I did watch, I went and saw um, Jojo Rabbit a couple weeks back. Oh, interesting! It is hilarious. Okay, so okay, I want to hear about this. I haven't even heard of Jojo Rabbit yet. So the 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 kid, there's a kid in Germany during World War II, and his his best imaginary friend is Hitler. Everything about it. (laughs) And Taika, first of all, Taika Taika Waititi is Hitler. And because um, my my wife was like, I don't know about this. Yeah, this is like we have to like tell people we're not white supremacists. And I was like, okay, first of all, people have been making fun of Hitler for decades. Yeah, well, look at the freaking producers and 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 Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks. The- Mel Brooks played Hitler. <laughs> You gotta well, laugh. Well, like well, that's Bruce how you had a lot of like. You gotta. You, like, you, wouldn't be passable for for PC and, and movies <laughs> oh, no. nowadays. But I know. But Mel Brooks it, is still freaking hilarious. But I mean, that uh, with the stuff we grew up on, like uh, uh, Monty Python. Oh God. Yeah. And Mel Brooks, and um, you look at the stuff and you're like, okay, so yeah, Hitler was a horrible guy. How do you how do you deal with it? You just take the piss out of them, yeah, and that's and that's what they've done. And so this has almost got that. You can almost feel a little bit of Mel Brooks in the Hitler, awesome. and it's it's absolutely hilarious. Um, the movie is fantastic. It's it's probably the best movie I've seen this year. Really, and I've and I've seen Joe. I, I saw Joker. I liked Joker. It was okay. Um, but see, seen but Jojo Rabbit was it. It's absolutely hilarious. My favorite I'll, – I'll go over my one favorite scene. I'm not going to spoil the whole movie because there are some surprises in it that uh, you guys really need to see it. But um, – so there's there's kids that are being sort of recruited into the, into the Nazi army. Yeah. And our main character can't join for a particular reason. I won't get into it. Um, but his friend is, and his friend just kind of pops up every once in a while, but every, whenever he sees him, he's like, Hey buddy, what's going on? You know, so it's they, like his real friend, not it, his, not his, no, uh, no, not, yeah. not Hitler. Okay. Um, there is, <laughs> I'll move on here. So his, his, they're getting invaded. They're, they're being attacked by the Americans and he's like, so what's going on? He's like, we're, we're, we're getting attacked by the America, by everybody. He's like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, like everybody, like Americans, English, Russians. He's like, I think Russians are actually werewolves, but I'm not sure. He's like, okay. He's like, well, what about what? What do we have? And he's like, well, we have Japan. Yeah. He goes, just between you and me, they don't look very Aryan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my goodness! Uh, but like the but the movie's got it. There's some emotional turns in it. It's actually very very good, and it's. Seriously, the best movie I've seen. He's this an year. interesting guy. That Taco, I, I was I can't say his name, but yeah. I, 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 Elijah Wood and his uh, a production partner has a production company where he does they do horror movies. He has a podcast called. That's what I was looking up. I was wanting to bring it up. Go listen to Visitations. Okay, and it's with uh, Elijah Wood and like I said I don't remember the other guy's name. They go and sit down with him visit this guy's house, Taika Waititi's house, and just talk about, hey, who are you? Why are you doing this? And they, like, they're they trying to pick stuff, pick their brains on stuff. And yeah. 
he talks a little about where he approached the, making this movie and things like that. But the best two episodes are Guillermo del Toro. They do two hours with him in his house. Oh, wow. And that guy has had a really weird childhood and life. Well, he's, he's the horror king. Yeah. He, well, you get, he tells some stories about the way he was raised and where he gets them, this point of view. There's some really kind of weird things. I'm not even going to try to, but check that out. All right. Yeah. Cause now, now I'm curious because I have seen a few Gilmer, Gilmer, see, I can't say Guillermo. Guillermo. Yeah. I can say that. I can't say, see, I'll, you handle that one. I'll handle Taka Watiti. How's okay. that sound? That sounds good. Yeah. Or you can just keep me around. I can say both of them. <laughs> right. Well, there was one that, that uh, Del Toro did that was uh was like a it was Spanish, but they were in like a uh, orphanage or whatever. It was just cr- creepy as hell. Oh, the thing with the the eyes on the hand. And no, the, that's uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's out, yeah. yeah, that's this is a different one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was creepy. Uh, yeah, I can't. I don't even want to talk about it because it'll give me nightmares for well, a month. What's weird about him is that they put him in these normie movies and then he in, injects a little bit of horror into him. So he did Blade 2 and he came up with the the like additional vampires that eat the vampires. Oh you know, yeah. He came Was up with the, the weird, the weird like mouth that yeah mouth? that would split apart in uh, like four different directions. I mean it was just it was incredible and that was and to me that was the best Blade movie. Yeah. Well, he also did, uh, what was that movie not too long ago? Something about water or whatever that had the chick that fell in love with the creature from the Black Lagoon looking thing. Yeah. What was that? The Shape of Water? Something yeah, like something like that. I, ha- I haven't seen it. Steven said it was really good. It was a pretty good yeah. movie, yeah. But, uh, you know, that was Del Toro also. I'll just give you the head nod. So you- yeah, that, that whole image, that whole image of, that you just brought up just creeps me out of the eye and the hand. Yeah. Yeah, Pan's Labyrinth was well. It was amazing because it did well here, and it was in Spanish. Yeah. Um, but he always has the best visually odd um, creatures. I always, I always thought if they ever did like a live action Castlevania movie, like I would hope that he would be the one that they pick to mm. do the movie because he just comes up with these jacked out designs or he i don't know if it's him that makes the designs or what but he's always he's always got that influence of just early early on he decided he was going to do this as a career and he said he said unfortunately you can't do this anymore but he's done it so some people like he'll meet a young producer or writer creative person and like he would give them his phone number and they would call him oh actually the one of the guys elijah wood's buddy had been given Guillermo del Toro's phone number said, Hey, call me up anytime. And the guy would like spend an entire day on the phone, just going around basically on the phone. He's hanging out with Guillermo del Toro and like asking questions. And he's like giving advice about how to do stuff. But when he decided he wanted to be in this, he had these ideas for this creative, like I said, design, the design work. Yeah. But he knew that no one else was going to be able to understand where he was coming from. So he wrote like the master, of the people that would do all the special effects and things like that. He said, I need to come learn with you. And the guy's like, well, what? And he's like, I need, I need to come visit and learn from you how to do this. And he said, well, guy said, well, send me some of your work. Send him some, so you're not very good kid. And he's like, I know I'm not. That's why I need to come learn from you. <laughs> so he actually did then travel. I think he went to New York yeah. and, you know, learn from one of the masters. And that's how he really got into all this, all that really? avenue. Like he, cool. he was just persistent. Yeah. 
And then he said, he said, you can't do that anymore. You just like, it's like me trying to reach out to, um, like, well, you can't call George Lucas up or get his phone number and say, Hey, I have some questions. Can I ask you about my next, something I'm working on? You're not going to do that anymore. And they say you can't pass that information around anymore because the, all the crazy people will just, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're giving away your secret sauce. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like getting Bill Murray's phone number. If you get that. Yeah. You're lucky. You need to find Bill Murray's phone number. Don't want to call him. See if he'll come do 2BT with us. Be like, come on, dude. It'll be cool. No, he probably would do something like that. I know, right? Now, uh, just I, a matter of fact, Dave, this not, is a surprise right as, behind you. Yeah, right, as long as it's not Ghostbusters, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of which, have you, uh, have y'all seen the new offshoot that's on Netflix from, uh, the toys that made us to the movies that made no. us? No, I haven't seen that. Yeah, I just saw it last night. They've got a whole new documentary series. It's the movies that made us. One of the movies is they do, uh, one of them's Dirty Dancing. One of them is, uh, Ghostbusters. Uh, I guess Die Hard is one of them. And then huh. there's something else. I think there's like three or four episodes for the first season. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that'll be pretty freaking rad. It's, it's out right now, but it was, I found it so late last night. I was actually laying in bed not to go to sleep and I was going to watch one. I was like, you know what? I'll never be able to stay awake for this. So I will just wait. I got uh, through most of, I got th- through Lego. And to be uh, honest with you, I've never been a Lego fan. Yeah. So Lego was really boring to Legos me. Legos are expensive. Yeah. That's that's always mine. I, my nephews love them, but I can't afford to get them Legos. So, you know, they're SOL, basically. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, kind of going back to the Mandalorian so that we can wrap things up here real fast. Like, uh, that's that's one character and going back to Taika Waititi. Like, the, I really hope that they bring back IG-11. Well, and like, they can. That character can come back whenever they want. Oh yeah, yeah. Because he's a he's a droid. All they is, he got repaired. You know. Yeah. And, or they just got a, another one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping IG Eleven makes another uh, uh, appearance in in the in the next in in his actual film in his actual episode or whatever. That's what I really enjoyed about the the Mandalorian, especially the first few episodes. We got to see an IG unit. Yeah. In live action, how it operated. Dude, how freaking cool was that, by the way? Yeah. Very, it was like, ama- yeah. very cool. Cause you see IG-88 standing there on the bridge of the Star Destroyer whenever, you know, Vader tells, tells everybody, no disintegration. Or tells, sorry, not everybody, but tells Boba, like, in particular. Well, we got no to see disintegrations. We got to see what yeah. disintegrations yeah. look like. Got to see that what was awesome. Disintegrations look like. Um, I've been going through making a list. Now I'll, I'll, I'll recount it on another episode sometime, but I've been going through making a list of all. And this has been one of my complaints with the new movies is not having familiar aliens that have already been established. In and the, just stretching, in the canon. stretching but, it out just a little bit more. Yeah. We got to see the dude, inside of a sand crawler. Dude. How awesome was that? Yeah. I mean, there was so much stuff that you Tuga! just, yeah, <laughs> we, we got to see things that we've been wanting to see for decades. Oh yeah. Well, and, and, and they're just short little 30 see, second clips of this yeah. or we, we got to see the cockpit of a sand crawler. We'd already was, seen the inside of a sand crawler from the new hope. Yeah, we did. But, yeah. Well, we didn't get to see with the, with light. I mean, we got to see sort of a darkened room where the droids were being stored at, oh, yeah. but or pieces of things were yeah, being stored at. Yeah, and they probably at. did that just because they couldn't afford the set. Probably, yeah, it. true. <laughs> but yeah, we got to see the cockpit. We got to see how how vast it is on the inside. It's like a tiny home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, they dude, get <laughs> Jawas kill me at first. When I first saw them, like I hated them because they're still in all the Mando stuff. 
and they were being little jerks. And then with their great comic relief, they just won me over. And I was like, oh, man, I love Jawas again. Like, I can't help it. That oh, they will. Oh. tastes really good. Yeah. Well, I was thinking that's like a big Cadbury egg. Yes. yes. Big, hairy Cadbury <laughs> egg. <laughs> dude, it looks so gross. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I, just, thought, I thought it was a, like a hairy turd. Yeah. I was oh, like, dude, God. what is it? Because we'll he's running his fingers through it, and you could hear the, like... Oh yeah, I'm like oh. Well, that's what got me was like the, they get it and he holds it above his head and like triumph, and then he just lops off the top of it and I was like in shock. What the hell? And they started eating the yolk out of it. I was like oh, they just really like the eggs. They're just that's, yeah, they're just into the eggs. Yeah, it's freaking great. Love it. And it's like they they traded all that crap for an egg. Just yeah. Granted, the, it was the, a mudhorn egg, so yeah. you had to work for that. Oh yeah, I'm sure that the Jawas don't come across that very often, but you know, it's it's it was freaking great, dude. But I just I, had to I think of it. Whole... I had to think of it as like it's a Cadbury egg. You only get it once a year. Yeah, savor it. <laughs> Enjoy it while you got it. I think it. it's like the Jawas just really reminded me of the Minions, like with their laughs and stuff like that. You know, they're driving the the the, the sand crawler. You know, across the crap, and he bumps his head, and they all just start laughing their butts off at him, <laughs> or whatever. You know, telling him he speaks Jawa like a Wookie. Wookie, yeah, a Wookie. Tries to, dude, I loved it. Loved the interaction with the Jawas. Loved that. Oh man, yeah, that whole episode was great. And then the third one, just it seems like every episode so far has done nothing but just made the show better. And the first episode was still like freaking great in my book. Well, like, we I got to see it. we finally got Brassel to see Brassel being in the first episode as a speeder driver. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. got we got to see a toilet. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds yeah. bad. It sounds stupid. Yeah. But we've never got to see a toilet in Star Wars and before. I gotta say, I gotta say, this is the this is the, the guy in me that wants to poke at the EU a little bit. I'm so glad that he didn't call it a refresher. Because in the EU, they call it a refresher, and everybody's always drinking calf, their version of coffee in, in the EU. Everybody's like, hey, you got some calf? Where's your refresher at? And they, they call it, like, what, like the vac station or something? Yeah, like the vac, yeah. Vac something other. I was like, yes. Where's your vac unit or something? Yeah, something your like vac that. unit or whatever. He's got to go relieve himself or whatnot. Loved it. Like, oh, man. Uh, oh, dude. I, the, the aliens. The aliens is what's been great because I saw Zabrak. There was a Zabrak, you know, like Darth Maul. There's the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was one of the 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 bounty. He was part of the bounty hunter guild. Uh, the alien's name is Kithaba, but I can't remember what type of freaking uh, 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 race he is. But they look like dogs. They were the the, mm-hmm. the 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 raiders in the last episode. There's been so many callbacks to like the different aliens. You see the Quarren in the very first episode where he gets cut in half by the door. That was freaking awesome well what is that they're they're doing what the movie should have done as just add a little bit you don't have to do much yeah put a toilet in the ship we just want to see what the toilet in the ships because they gotta have something yeah well, they gotta we didn't we didn't know what they did i mean i'm sure they have thanksgiving in outer space at some well, point in time right well i figure that's part of life day but yeah, i don't right. like I, I figure life day is sort of a combination of like their version of thanksgiving and yeah. christmas but that might just be my American point of view. This dude's been chilling with me for like the past like fifteen minutes. Yeah, he's he's just digging it yeah. right there. Um, well, I, mean, I kind of want to move my hand, but I don't want to disrupt this dude. And he's just hanging out. Anyways, sorry. But they just they did what they needed to do with you. Just get a little bit, and that's all you need. Like, oh, well, that's what it's like on the inside of a sand crawler. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh, that's what the ice cream maker does. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> like. Yeah. 
There's, there's, if you ever, whenever you watch, uh, Empire Strikes Back, we watch Empire Strikes Back, there's this guy in an orange jumpsuit that goes running through Cloud City. You know what I'm talking about? Where he's mm-hmm. got the ice cream maker under his, under his, his, his arm. And they've been parroting that guy for ages at celebration. The character's name is Wilro Hood. And they have this thing that's called running of the will, running of the Wilros, where a lot of people get in these orange jumpsuits and they, and it's, I've never actually seen it happen. I'll see the, the guys dressed like Wilro Hood go walking through, but they'll, like, one day, it's usually like on Saturday, where they'll all dress up like Wilro Hood and go running through celebration with their ice cream makers underneath their arms. I still want to see that sometime and then actually getting to see, I can't remember what he called it. It started with a C or something like that. Cause he tells him you can get a blah, blah, blah spice and you go to your next bounty and you never, you know, you'll, Forget about Kevin, but by the time that you yeah, get there basically or go get high. Yeah, and GTFO. Yeah, and, and that, it'll be good. Apparently, they have women of the night in in the Star Wars universe as well, because he t- tells him to go to a bathhouse or something like that or yeah. whatnot. So it's like, and how cool. great was it to see Apollo Creed, dude? I, I want was... you. I want you. <laughs> I want you. Yeah. Uh, oh, which brings me to one of my most favorite. Favorite things at the end of episode three, after they've had the, the, the big gun battle and he's about to blast off in the razor crest with Kevin and Apollo follows him. I can't remember Apollo. Uh, I can't remember his character's name and it's killing me right now. Uh, it's a cool name too. Yeah, it is. And that's what, that's why it's pissing me off because I actually grieve. really, yes, grieve. He, uh, grieve follows him to a ship. And they have their little standoff, their little face-off. And the Mandalorian shoots him. And I even said, spoiler alert, I even said as soon as he shot him, I was like, he shot him in the Beskar plate. On purpose. Like, I don't know if he shot him in the Beskar plate on on purpose. purpose. I think he was trying to kill him, but it's so cool because, again, that's something that takes it back to that whole, like, Western thing where the dude gets shot, but yet... He pulls it out and it shot him in the in the flask, or he shot or him Bible. in the Bible, or something like that. You know. See, I, I, I'm I'm kind of thinking that it's on purpose. Yeah, because so. he knew he had it stuck there. Oh yeah, and unless it's in the heat of the moment, just do a headshot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I love that dude. I love that whole fact that he pulls out that Beskar plate and it's got the little little sm- little little damage on it. Anyways, I think that's we're gonna wrap it up because we're. Almost at an hour and 20 minutes. So. Damn, we didn't even get into Kevin's theory. Kevin's theory? My theory of Kevin. Oh, what's your theory of Kevin? I think he's a Yoda clone. That's a pretty popular thing right now. So, well, because the, the one, the one guy. Well, uh, they do say that he's 50 years old. And it's like, if he's really 50 and Yoda was 900 years old whenever he died and Yoda died of not, of old age, then something's not adding up there. So. It could be that he was either just natural birth and like kept in stasis to where he didn't grow and then all of a sudden they let him out or he's a clone and. Cause they do was, establish that the, yeah. the, 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 the rate, well, they, they kind of establish that the race doesn't grow at the same rate as other people do or other races yeah. do. So every, every race grows at its own speed. The, the guy, apparently the scientist guy, the markings on his sleeve are from, um, Rogue One. 
Was it Rogue One? Yeah, I think so. I think it's the same markings as Rogue One, like the science department and stuff like that or whatever. Well, uh, somebody else has tied it to the cloning facility on Oh, on that's Camino. right. Yeah, yes, yes, on yes, Camino. yes. They're in Camino. So yeah. I'm, so here's, here's how we could tie this in. Clone of Yoda. Empire wants them, or the remnants of the Empire. Let me correct myself. Uh, you could even be getting into, uh, the New Order. New Order? The First Order. First, first Order. Yeah, I always call it New Order, and I had to think about well, it. Well, th- that's a wrestling yeah. team. Um, it's also like the old band <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, First Order wanting to have an evil Force user. Yeah. That so could, who, who would be who would be the most awesome evil Force user? Evil Yoda. Maybe he's mm-hmm. a, maybe yeah. maybe he's a Horcrux for Emperor Palpatine. Oh, that well, <laughs> you, well yeah, we're yeah we're getting into some stuff, but that could yeah. be one of the Palpatines realize that his human clone bodies are not enough yeah. to contain his Force, so he has a clone of Yoda because Sifo-Dyas. Yeah, could have taken some sort of genetic material from uh, other Jedi as well. Oh yeah, and who so. and who would you want to have? Probably Yaddle and Yoda. <clears throat> out of the two, you'd want to have a clone of either one because yeah. or that, that. So it is Baby Yoda. Yeah, it could very could it could very be possibly be very Baby Yoda. Yoda. So I don't know. I, I'm kind of like open to anything right now. I I I would like it better if he was just like his own little character that they had. I'd much rather have that. Yeah, yeah, that they had like gotten a baby of it and they kept it in stasis and wasn't allowed to grow or anything like that. But either had, way, I thought you had a beer way, there I'm for cool. a second. I did too. I thought no. this was a beer at first. No. I was like, I was like, we're about to wrap this up and yeah. have some beer. Yeah, that's your peace tea, dude. You didn't no, even crack open your peace. You didn't even crack open your peace tea, man. What no, the hell? Man. You're just failing, Michael. I got a peace tea. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, do you have anything else you want to touch on with the Mandalorian or anything like that? Anything that's been bugging Michael for the past three weeks since we haven't had anything at all, any time to record, basically? No. No? <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, I have to be quiet because I have to go get my kid. <laughs> I can rarely bring up 10 things, but no. Uh, no, I got you. All right. So uh, if you're... Go to www.nerdylegion.com slash audible. Sign up your one free month. Get your one free book. You don't have to keep the subscription, but you get to keep the book, and you're going to keep the subscription. That's why I hired a British chick to do my intros and outros. Yeah, right? Yeah. Smart. <laughs> Did you get that on Fiverr or something yeah. like that? Okay, I thought so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you don't have to keep the subscription, but you get to keep the book, but you're going to keep the subscription because it's freaking awesome. Uh, while you're at it, go by w- go by Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. It's 2BT Show. That's number 2BT Show on Twitter. Or you can email us at same thing. Number 2BT Show at gmail.com. That's the number two. Like a deuce. The 2BT Show at gmail.com. We're the deuces of podcasts. <laughs> we are the deuces. We're that Thanksgiving deuce of podcasts. Oh, God. Oh. Anyways. Uh, I think that's going to do it for everything. Oh, yeah. If you like us, go by, rate us, write a review. Just remember, be kind. We like five stars. Yeah, or just tell a friend. Just say, hey, man, you want to hear two idiots talk about Star Wars and other crap? Mainly Star Wars, though? Tell them to check out 2BT. With that being said, I'm David. I'm Michael. I'm Adam. 2BT. Signing out. Adios. Fio Diaz.
Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't terrible. That was pathetic. Boom. Nerdy Legion. NerdyLegion.com.